Well, we're going to be recording tonight. It's October October the 9th, and Andrew and Chris are joining me. We're going to discuss the upcoming duck season and just a few other things as far as hunting. And then I think uh, Chris and I kind of got a wild hair. We might try to put together an elk hunt this fall. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, what we do to get prepared for it, and um, just kind of catch up over last week what we got going on. Uh, thanks for joining us, and stay tuned to hear our third podcast. I'm sitting here with Andrew and Chris, and we're doing our third blindcast. Um, basically, going to catch up, talk about what we've been doing since the last one, and some of the upcoming seasons. Last time we talked, or we were together, we were cutting up a deer, and you had taken the tongue. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and you took it home and you cooked it, and I want you to kind of describe how you cooked it and what it was, what it was like, and how how small this tongue got while you cooked it. So it's my first time cooking tongue, and so and I I was um I really wanted my girlfriend to like and like it and enjoy it. So when I first took it out, it was about I don't know, the size of your about as long as a forearm. It was a doe tongue, and what I did is I, I cleaned it with a with a light brush, and I put it in, I think it was about six cups of water into a pressure washer, and I pressure... Pressure washer? Excuse me. Pressure oh, cooker. Pressure cooker. Like, pressure cooker. <laughs> you just have a pressure washer at your house? I do have a pressure washer. No. <laughs> pressure cooker. And it's kind of an old school one. Like, the it's not electric. It's just, you put it on the stove, and you click it and turn it to the right, and it lo- locks it in. So I cooked it. Well, I, and I did put some, um, you know, a couple spices, salt, pepper, and I, I put some uh, some cumin in there because I was going to make tacos with it. So I cooked it in that kind of brine for 20 minutes on um, on like a medium to high heat, just to let the uh, to start the uh, the steam rising out of the top. And as soon as it came out, I dumped it into a cold ice bath. And let it sit in there, and it kind of shriveled up, and the skin kind of looked like you know, just like a like a like a loose blanket. So I, then you uh, so you'd have to take the skin off, kind of like taking off a sock, which it comes off really easy. I did have to take a knife and kind of scrape a few places, but from the, about the size of your forearm in length, it shrink shrunk up to about about half the size, six inches. So I I diced it. And I put some taco seasoning on it, and I made tacos with it, and it was awesome. So did you have to add any like other meat or anything, or you just how many tacos did you get out of it? Two tacos. <laughs> Two tacos. <laughs> Two tacos. And did did Callie like it? She did. She she said next time you get a deer, I want tongue. Oh, oh, tongue's usually always pretty good. And it was it was fatty. It was really good. It was kind of like it like I I've eaten cow tongue, and I don't know. I mean, I've heard people talk about how. The deer tongue is like the best cut, but I never had it before. And it, it's it's awesome. I, I'll always take that out of the field huh. from now on. I've never done that, but I'm going to. It's, it's good. It almost got me like thinking about like duck tongues. I, thought, I don't know. Duck tongue would be interesting. I take the duck heart. I take the deer heart, but I, I haven't taken the liver. And I've heard that's really good too. Liver's good. Liver's, yeah. yeah. I used to do, when I was younger with my dad, we'd do... We, you know, liverwurst. Mm-hmm. I've never. I don't think I really had liver. It's a it's a pate, and you mm-hmm. you mix it with 
you mix it with um, the liver and like uh, like beef and what are they what are they schmaltz I think it's called which is it's it's like it's it's beef fat but it's a I think it's a Yiddish word. Must be a German thing. That's a Jewish fat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they, uh, and it, you make, but it is a German, that's a German oh, yeah. sausage for sure. Yeah. But it was delicious. I'll, I'll, I'll always bring that in from now on. But it maybe got me curious about the duck tongues. Yeah. Well, hopefully. And I know that like the, like the, like the Asian culture, they, they eat duck tongues. Oh, well. Yeah. We'll have to try it. Might as well. We're going to be having plenty of those, hopefully, yeah, in the next few so. weeks. And potentially an elk tongue. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, yeah. anything else you did between last podcast and and today? So uh, Chris and I, we, we took the uh, flat bottom out mm-hmm. and we ran uh, and did some duck scouting. We kind of just, what, what we want to do, we kind of wanted to go fishing, but mm-hmm. we really wanted to go and see how long it would take us to get from our launch to the duck spot and it was about nine miles and the launch that we're going to have to to launch at during the season is going to be a little bit further mm-hmm. but it only took us about 25 minutes mm-hmm. to just, get there just and, interject real quick my brother has a private boat launch that we can't use okay so it might be a little closer yeah about a mile yeah. about yeah. a mile closer i so, think it's 30 minutes with gear and everything still yeah there. So we, we f- kind of figure out where we want to set up for mm-hmm. the first time, and it should be pretty easy to find. Um, yeah. Bring out a spotlight or something and get in there, and uh, or some you know and set up early. Mm-hmm. And I was also thinking if we find a long weekend that we can have, we can go up Friday night, set up, stay the night. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I guess you can't set up until like four no. in the morning, but yeah. we can stay the night and be out there, and not have to try to run <clears throat> in the dark. Yeah. Is that in the regulations? You can't set up night before. Yeah, you yeah. can't set up. You can't night leave before. out night before. You, I, I'm you... pretty sure it's four in the morning, or is the earliest you can put them out. Now, do you know if you can leave your blind like to like, it see, say to get frosty the night before? I don't know. I think it might be um, just decoys. Yeah, I think it's just decoys. Huh? All right. So I don't know about the blind. I mean, because some people have permanent blinds out there. So what's the difference? Semi permanent. Right. Well. I'm talking about because that regulation is in effect on private land too. Oh, yeah, okay. So imagine some hunters that have private access just leave their blinds out. Yeah. yeah. Build a blind or dig a hole or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I don't know the difference. You can leave your blind for sure, but the decoys. You decoys can't. you can't leave out for sure. Yeah. And why would you? Those things are expensive. That's true. Jeez, Louise. Worth it though. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was just during the week. Then we kind of met up for dinner and hung out and talked about kind of what we're doing with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then you went out, you went out hunting with your brother. Yep, this weekend we went, um, we went up north near uh, near Chihuahua, and we did um, a little little deer scouting and grouse hunting. The grouse hunting was not that didn't work out. I didn't we didn't see one grouse, which was a bummer. But I saw three deer out there. Couple, uh, couple spikes and a, um, let me see, a, a three by three, and it, it was a lot of fun. It was like, it was like one of those mornings where you get, like everything was sopping wet, but it was sunny. So everything, every tree out there looked like a Christmas tree. It was just shining, mm. and it, it was just perfect out there. And uh, I think on our second, second kind of walk, we did, we did multiple walks, but our second walk, 
were walking along with my dog and my brother, and we were bullshitting and looking for looking for grouse in the trees and waiting for Penny to you know flush one up. And my brother he says, "What is that?" Because he he I'd been telling him to like look around for like for shed something that just didn't look like the right color around or or just a shape. And he goes, "What is that?" And it was about. It was a it was a far it was a far walk up. It was about three hundred yards away from us, mm-hmm. and it was just like looked like it looked just like a I don't know it was it was like a billboard and it was it was a a, <clears throat> a big, nice big moose shed with um it was a nice big moose shed. I, I put a picture of it on our so I'm Instagram surprised page. that someone else hadn't picked that up. Me and, too. And was it? I mean, obviously you guys accessed it. Is it pretty easy access? And yeah. No, it's it's only about a mile from like the trailhead where you couldn't drive. Yeah. Not a far walk at all. Hmm. And it was somewhat just right off the, the main right off this logging road or lo- whatever. Yeah, closed logging road. And, nice. and, and you found both of them. Yeah, we, we go up there and it was, they, they were within six feet of each other. We didn't even have to look around. I was like, I told him on our walk there, I was like, let's look around for the other one because those big heavy antlers usually come off close to each other. And it was, it was just, Right, right down, you know, mm-hmm. six feet away. It was just, and it was kind t- of a willow brush. A we talked about today, and we were like, "How do you find both of them?" And we figured mm-hmm. with an, a large elk or a moose that has a heavy, heavy antlers, that once they lose one, it's just yeah, an irritant, and they want to get it off. And it, it, and it looked like, and it, I think they're probably about a year old. I mean, you saw them; they're they're pretty white. Yeah, they're pretty white. But um, sure, they're at least a year old. But you know, it was kind of in some thick, kind of willowy tall brush and it just kind of must have scraped it off what are you gonna do with them i don't know he was like oh we should we should mount them on a you know like on a board like and make them look like a mount and i was like no that makes it kind of look like you might have shot the mm-hmm. that moose and i was like that's kind of cheating <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah. i think we'll we'll do something with him um he's right now he's just got him he, I, I gave him both to him he found one i found the other one so right now he just got them out of his house, like on his on his fireplace mantle, and they look pretty cool. That's cool. They look pretty dang cool. And he just moved here; he's just kind of getting stuff together. And I think they'll probably be like a centerpiece in his house for months and or years to come. But they're they're definitely. Out. And I was telling him, I said, "This is a much better story than like remember that one time we didn't shoot any grouse. <laughs> like definitely. we remember that one time we found those those moose sheds. It's a way better story." Yeah. Well, and you had Penny with you. Yeah, yeah. She's so you, you awesome. took a nice little photo for Instagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little hashtag bird dog. Bird dog. Bird, bird dog with shed. Bird dogs and sheds. Bird dogs and sheds. Nice. I'm, I'm really proud of her. She's like, I, I had no experience in training dogs. And I've, I've been I've been happy with her. But you've been on it. I've you've been, been on consistent. it. Consistent. Every sure. day. Yep. And I, I have Chris's, Chris's dog, Mason, is kind of like, she's definitely helped mm-hmm. like with certain things. But... When Penny and Mason are around, Penny just kind of wants to, like, it seems to me like she just kind of wants to always bring me or you the bird first. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, okay, I see how you're doing it, but I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to try to be a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not she's saying your dog's not she's good, a little faster. but she's a little faster. She's a little faster. Mason, a little faster. she's seasoned. She's yeah. she's going to go get the ones that she knows we can't get. Yeah. I had a lab. Uh, he's retired now, and I saw him this weekend, and he's, he's just old and fat mm-hmm. now, but he... 
he got to the point, and I, he was working really well when I was in high school, and I was continuously going out and working with him. And then I went to college, and I'd come back, and my sister would be feeding him table scraps, and you know, the, he became more of the family dog than the hunting dog. He got to the point where if the bird landed on water, or in water, he would go get it for me. <clears throat> but if it landed out in a field where he knew I could go walk, he was not going to go get that bird. Amazing. And it, that didn't happen until late, later <laughs> on. But yeah, yeah, he got lazy and he was like, yeah. no, <laughs> like, <laughs> you go get it. Yeah. Mason does that every once in a while. Nate, Mason did good last mm-hmm. year. She she saved a lot of birds for us. Yeah, she did. So it's, it's, it's pretty fun. I, I've always wanted to get another dog, but you guys have two really good dogs now, so I'm going to pass for a little while until... I just I I couldn't be more excited to bring her out this weekend. Mm. I'm like super oh, jacked because yeah. I've had her retrieve pigeons that I that I bought, and I've you know the dummies, but and and a, and a grouse. I got one grouse this year, and she she went and grabbed that for me, but no ducks yet, and no well, obviously, but um, I like I know I'm a little nervous, but I'm I'm mostly excited. Oh, and yeah. she doesn't seem to be gun shy. Not at all. No. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I did. She was when I first brought my shotgun around her, though. She was a little, little skittish. Not of, not of the noise. Like I was bringing her around. We did plenty of shots with my cap gun, my starter gun. Mm-hmm. Um, not a problem. But as soon as I brought the large stick, she did not like that. Like my large shotgun. She oh. just kind of thought it was a big stick, and she's a little scared of it. So I ended up. What, you beating her? I know. <laughs> no, no, she just was like skittish around it. Huh. So I ended up like putting it on the ground and like putting treats on it. <laughs> like little there treats. You go. And I I know I watch TV and I'd like put a treat on it and then she'd kind of like sneak on over and like just barely like try to get as far away from it as possible but still get the treat. And then slowly, slowly, slowly until she's just like, I put a treat on it and she goes right after it. So now she sees it, she's like, mm-hmm. oh, is it time for treats? That's good. So it took it took a little bit, a little, I don't know, ingenuity. I think Mason was afraid of me. Like, shut, rack, like, yeah, racking the, the noise, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I'd do that too while while yep. she's eating. She was a little Anything I could do to like get her used to my gear. I mean, I've been like putting her inside my gear and, and in her kennel and I've been doing as much as I can to make her get used to it and, and retrieving retrieving the bumper in the water with like decoy strings. She hated that when it's like she'd get like a string on her. Mm-hmm. She kinda like would stop and like turn around and like tur- circle, circle, circle. Now she'll just go for the bird. Oh, that's good. Um to to kind of bring it back to the shed that you found um today i was reading i was just kind of curious because you you got the shed Mm -hmm. um about picking up moose antlers and and elk antlers and Mm -hmm. and deer and what i found and you know you can kind of google or you you search for uh, a hunting law Mm -hmm. um basically the washington fish and wildlife will have like these responses to questions that are often asked and what i read and i don't know it, it i found a contradicting statement where it it asks if you can resell basically sheds and or taxidermied um, animals so for profit mm-hmm. or barter and because you're not supposed to barter mm-hmm. 
with, wild game. with edible um, mm-hmm. body or wild game body parts. And fish, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Edible. And then there was a question, are you allowed to barter and sell for profit um, non-edible animal body parts? And the answer was no to that question, but yes mm-hmm. to the, the horn, yeah. the, the antler in, in the mount. And so I just, I found it contradicting itself. Huh, I wouldn't Because a non-edible that. portion, that that's the, the antler. Yeah, and I see posts, mm-hmm. you know, on like Facebook Marketplace and mm-hmm. Craigslist of people yep. buying... Buying sheds by weight. And so I don't know if they're talking about like, I don't know if it really had anything on there about turkey beards or my one thought would be like ivories, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. uh, And for elk, Mm -hmm. if you're allowed to trade that or sell that or make, or it has to be personal use for jewelry or something like that. I don't, no, I'm not positive, but I don't think that you can sell feathers of a, of a wild bird. Right, because like that, you can't t- you can't take a a pheasant and yeah. sell it for like, you know, to a fly tiger. Like, a, like yeah, mm-hmm. like market hunters like when they used to do that to get you know make feathers for hats and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can sell your you can sell your fur or your deer yeah. hide yeah back like to the taxidermy. So what's keeping you from tanning that, cutting it up and back packaging it and selling it for? Mm-hmm. It's got to be the same thing. We should look more into that. Yeah, Conflicting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that's got to be for, a, a For topic. now, though, don't sell your bird feathers. Don't sell your bird feathers and make sure you're checking to make sure you can sell your, your deer hides to... Yeah, but I'm not... Those 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 would be the first matching set tires. of moose um, paddles I've ever found. Those aren't getting sold, for sure. <laughs> no, I would not. No. <laughs> I think they want the more fresh ones anyways. Yeah, probably. Ones. I, I think, think so. that you... Are I they not taking? I don't know. I think it's come up for dog treats, anyways. I think oh. that's a big market. I've heard that. Oh yeah, it is. Have really you, big. I mean, you don't buy dog toys. They're expensive for a little. A, little yeah, chunk. yeah, a chunk that's like four inches by like two inches is like thirty dollars. Yeah, at the Nailer. pet store. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I I gave Penny a shed that I found this year when we were turkey hunting, mm-hmm. and she won't chew through that thing and like. Well, she's she's working on it, but it will it'd be a long time before she gets through that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a hundred dollar toy. Well, because of that, Colorado has uh, shed hunting seasons. Yeah, yeah, that's more weird. than just Colorado, I believe. Yeah, I think a lot. Of people Probably, do. yeah. I, I think I think I listened to a podcast about that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, those that meat eater podcast yeah. has that kind of stuff mm-hmm. all the time. But um, found the shed and got your Instagram photo with penny mm-hmm. oh and i you can't see it though and i tried to like take a photo of it but this place is so pretty it had a like a an old cedar stump with like a crotch and there's like just a tiny stream coming out of there it was like a natural water feature mm. you can you can't see in the photo but it's it was like just like really really pretty that's pretty cool yeah that's awesome so after we went um scouting for ducks and did the old boat ride what did, did you do anything? You went you went back home. I went to the west side. Did some salmon fishing. Or tried. And the, and home is like Burlington? Burlington, Washington. Yep. We and salmon, what, what river is that? The Skadger River. Skadger River. I tried to fish for salmon for the silvers. And you you didn't fish Saturday. We didn't fish Saturday. And everyone my dad talked to on Sunday said they were catching fish Saturday. So we kind of missed, missed oh, the day. Yeah. Oh. We kind of missed the window. 
But it was fun. We caught two trout pulling plugs. That was good. Was there any open? size to them or just kind of? No, they're just like a foot long. They weren't, weren't any size really. I was really but hoping you were going to bring back some salmon. I was hoping so too. That would have been fun. That salmon you made us a few weeks ago, that was good. I wanted some more. Was that, that was sockeye? A little salty. But yeah. That was good. Was good. Well. It was good though. Scrape off the, the Scrape salt. Scrape off the salt and eat it. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, that's about like it. Country salmon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, after I, we did the podcast, cut, I finished um, cutting up my deer mm-hmm. and processed it and got it mm-hmm. packaged and stuff. And I just was kind of motivated to go out and scout some more. So I found a property south of us and I, it was not that far off the main highway. And so I wasn't quite sure if there'd be people out there. And I figured that I was in between seasons and not realizing that muzzleloader had just opened the day before that weekend. And so I go out there and there was two pickup trucks and I was kind of late. I, I taken my time to get out there and, um, kind of drove past a couple other spots and and actually missed my turn and ended up adding about a half hour to my drive because I, I took this back road and, mm. and just wound back to the property. Um, but you, you you drive past this farmhouse and you start going past the the BLM land and it's in a, a big field. And this year it's on a, an off year where they there's no crops on it. So they've already tilled it up and it's sitting there with nothing on it this year. And the fields around it that aren't on this property have um, something that was harvested off of it. I don't know if it was wheat or whatever it was. So maybe this following year it's been seeded and it might be a good spot to check out, you know, for some bird hunting. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, the property was the majority of it was forested and it was around uh, surrounding. It was a bunch of farmland and I saw a sign. I saw a coyote sign, deer sign and uh, other hunters but your boots <laughs> yeah and i talked a guy was leaving as i went in there and he said he walked the whole thing he didn't see a deer on the property um so I, I i started walking the perimeter and there's a lot of good spots to set up and i called um for coyotes just to kind of see if i could make anything happen and i ended up seeing a few coyotes um that weekend and they just kind of their coats weren't that great mm-hmm um, I didn't really ever get an opportunity to shoot anyways. So I th- it's definitely, I think in our area too early to, yeah. to shoot a coyote for the fur and, and try to get anything for it besides just for the sake of shooting coyote. But I sat and called for a while and just kind of practiced my setups and, and I found some really cool overlooks that look over the you know, valleys that kind of have uh, some marsh in the bottom of them and look like really good spots for deer. Um, and there was a the guy I talked to said that earlier in the year during archery season a couple guys pulled some nice bucks out of there so it definitely gets hunted Um, that's what I I did that and then this weekend um, I went home um, Mm -hmm. back to the Bitterroot and um, that just sounds cool back to the Bitterroot back to the Bitterroot Montana and the waterfowl had was open Um, so I, I ended up taking my nephew Canaan out and we went to my, uh, my great grandpa's old, uh, farm and he's got twin ditches that run down the back part of it. And I've spent a lot of time hunting that property. Um, like that's where I shot my first banded duck. So it was kind of cool to take Canaan out and mm-hmm. to kind of show him the ropes back there. He, he's seven. So he, he couldn't really, 
Uh, he's just back there for a walk, kind of. Yeah. Um, we didn't jump any ducks off the ditches, which usually there there's something in there. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of sitting there wondering what we're going to do. And all of a sudden these geese fly over. And I, I had bought some goose loads. Geese loads. And uh, I I didn't, I left them at the truck and I only mm-hmm. brought like number two shot with me. And these things were just a little too high. I, I, I want to knock one down so I could get something with them. And um, I shot and, and uh, my my dad's gun jammed up on me. So oh. I only got one shot. And, <laughs> and then, so it, then it botched the rest of them. And the the field where they were going they didn't they didn't really gain altitude they kept getting lower and lower and they landed in this pasture behind us and or a on your property or a crop field no on the neighbor's property Mm -hmm. and there's an old railroad track that you can sit on and we sat there for a while and he just got bored but there was hundreds probably maybe a couple thousand geese landing in this backfield did you hear him just like you could hear him just sitting there and like they like when part of the field would get up, you could hear the the clucks. You could hear the clucks of the whole field start rolling through. Mm-hmm. And and so we sat there. I'm like, I know if I wait here, they're going to get up and they're going to head back to the river. They're going to fly right over us. Well, keeping a seven-year-old entertained for like two and a half hours in one spot is like impossible. So I'm like, we're sitting there and a, a single hen duck mallard lands in the ditch where we just tried to jump him from. So I'm like, okay, let's go shoot this thing. And I thought I knew where this thing had landed. And I come over the top of the of the ditch bank, and uh, it had swam down. Mm-hmm. It gave me way too far of a shot. Mm-hmm. So I tried to shoot it anyways just to see if I could knock it down. And then the gun jammed again. Oh. And so on my second and third shot, I just ejected the shells and nothing happened. Mm. Um, so is this a auto loader or is this a pump? It's a pump. It's a pump. But the, the, the ejector um, the, is not working. Mm-hmm. The... The two mechanisms that grab yeah, the shell, yeah. they're missing it. So w- when you're just because probably too many sh- sh- times shooting. Yeah. So Dad's gonna replace that. I think he he took it and was gonna do something. With Nothing's it. worse than like just coming up empty. Damn. Like you just you come up empty and yeah. you, go, you go to shoot and it's just like nothing there. It's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so, I mean that happened to me a couple times this year just because oh. I have a bad habit of like screwing with the action of my Benelli. And I kind of just like thumb it. And mm-hmm. if it's not, if I don't let it like come back and then fully engage, when I pull the trigger, the pin doesn't hit the primer. So I, it happened to me a couple times this year with you guys. And I was mm-hmm. like, you're always, I'm always futzing with it. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, I, I missed this hen and Kanan's watched me miss and, and kick the dirt and stuff. And he's kind of laughing and we ended up kind of just goofing off. There's this big old cool willow tree. And he was climbing all over in it and uh, finding bugs and, you know, animal scat and just (laughs) pointing out everything. And so we're sitting there and passing the time. And I know that these geese are going to fly. So he's getting, I was like, we'll wait till seven o'clock and we'll walk out. And then from then we had 45 minutes till shooting line was over. Mm -hmm. And, or about 45 minutes. And I knew those geese were any moment we're going to fly over. So we probably should go back and sit on the rail tracks, but to convince him to go back there wasn't going to happen. So we kind of start walking out and sure enough, animals start picking up and they sounded super funny. And I, I thought there was only geese back there, but all of a sudden a group of like trumper swans gets up and they fly mm-hmm. by. So there's these, there's these huge mm-hmm. birds. That's awesome. By. And it must've been a couple hundred of them in there. 
like they all got up at kind of separate times, and then right after that, the geese got up, and that, I mean, the the cloud, like it was just like a cloud, yeah, of geese, wave of geese, and I got one shot, and the gun actually cycled that time, or you know, it, it ejected the shells properly, mm-hmm. and I got three shots off, and I missed all three times. It's not like you. No, it was kind of a rough start to the season. <laughs> were they out of your shooting range, or were they? Uh, they probably were for uh, what I was shooting. You're just desperation. Well, but if I would have, so the the railroad tracks have a power line run down them, so mm-hmm. the the geese have to lift up to get over that power line. Mm-hmm. And be, if you were at that line, they would be right there, mm-hmm. you know, about that level, and it would have been. Probably I would have had a up. way better chance. I still would have had to hit them, but I'm like, oh, I just. And it was just like one solid wave of geese coming over. Mm. As soon as I got my one like line of geese past me, that was it. There was no other options to opportunities to shoot. Mm. But Kane's been talking about it, you know, the yeah. rest of the weekend. And, and well, that's good. We yeah. we had to cross a fence to get back to try to shoot that hen. And he's getting big. He's like almost eighty pounds, and he's got these uh really nice coveralls on. And I get over the fence. And I go to pick him up over the fence just so we can hurry up and go do this. And I go to grab him and I'm going to go, huh! and I can't pick him up. <laughs> so I reach down and I grab him right by the hips and grab these jeans he's got on his bibs. And I just give him one big heave. I pick him up and he's got his legs flipping in there. And I set him <laughs> on the ground and I turn and my feet cross. And like there was like a, a stump or like a stick thing. And I, my feet cross and I hit that. And I just dive <laughs> face first into the, into the pasture. Just like, boom. And he's sitting there on his feet. Looking at me and just cracking up laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh. So that was that was probably the the funnest part of that hunt, mm-hmm. just taking him out. Now, yeah. was, that, was that his like first hunt like, or one of them? Um, we had taken him out to track a deer a couple years ago mm-hmm. that I'd shot. And so he's experienced a lot of that. And this, how, how old? I don't remember how old I was when I got my, my, my when I went through hunter safety. Has I he? think Montana, you have to be 12. 12. I can't remember. It's, I'm pretty sure it's 12. 12 or 13. I don't, I don't remember how old I was. They do it a lot different now. You can take your hunter safety online. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go to the class three times well, a week. Yeah. I, it's probably better to go to the class. Yeah, it's but probably I know you, can, class. you can do it online now. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And then the next morning, I, I, had, I knew a spot down the river that if you walk in right at shooting lane and kind of get there maybe a little early, you can creep in on this uh, backwater eddy where geese like to land. And I figure with all those geese that got off that field, like there's got to be geese just in the valley. And what happens a lot of times is the geese will get stacked in there, and then it was all socked in, and the, key, the geese can't leave, right? So they're just going to stay in the valley until it clears out. They get a, a bluebird day, and they'll just take off. But yeah. they're, So I figured they are there, and there's like... I stayed up super late catching up with my parents, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning, and... There's something about not getting up and going and, and just seeing if there's geese there that I couldn't not, yeah. I couldn't live with. Mm-hmm. So I got up with like four hours sleep and went down there by myself. Kanan wanted to go. He said, wake me up in the morning. I want to go with you. And I, I was going to wake him up, but he was like sawing logs still. And he'd fallen asleep. He'd already been sleeping for like eight hours at that point, And he still was like not even moving. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go down by myself. Went down there and I, I snuck in on this place just perfect and there's nothing there. Oh, and man. I sat there for about an hour after shooting light and the guys down about a mile down river. Oh yeah. 
they were just lighting something up. I mean, it was must have been three guys just boom, 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 boom. I'm like, I just didn't. I didn't. Even, I saw one teal come. I was walking out, and a teal flew in behind me, landed in the main river, and I thought about shooting at it, and it was a little far away. I'm like, if I shoot that, there's no way I'm getting it back because it was in kind of a current area, and then yeah. right below it was a a bank with a really swift current, and it would have just been really hard to get. So I I passed up on that. I was gonna ask you the there you put a video. I think it was either on our story or if it was on our Instagram page, was that a crane? Or Those were the swans. Those were the swans. All right. The oh. I couldn't tell if that, cause I could I, tell they, the neck was really yeah. like moving. Yeah. I wasn't positive. What I'm it pretty was. sure they're trumpeter swans. Probably. They're huge. They're huge. They're massive. Yeah. And but on my way out, um, there's a lot of trout rising. Oh. In the ditch? Well, in this, in this river. Oh, in the river, right. Sure, yeah. rock fly pole. I know. I'm like, I chose the rock sport. <laughs> I would have been slaying them. <laughs> yeah. You are like the sneaking master, though. You like mm-hmm. to sneak up on them. Me and Andrew like, are not good at sneaking. Getting them belly crawl, coming up and seeing if there's ducks there. Yep. I like, I mean, I, I enjoy doing that, and I'm going to have to do that a lot this year with Penny, because she doesn't want to sit still mm-hmm. yet. So I'm going to either go with you. Or you're going to have to take Penny, and I'll sit with Chris. Something's so, got to happen we'll to have Penny turns. not just like be like playing around our blind and scaring off all the ducks. So I think for me, I growing up, I didn't do a ton of duck hunting the first few years until I was old enough to go by myself and my buddies. But I did a lot of big game hunting with my dad, and we started archery hunting, and so you... you try to hone in your spot and stock skills. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the funnest things about hunting for me is seeing how close you can get without the animals knowing you're there and mm-hmm. doing the spot and stock. And and doing that with birds and, and whatever it is really helps your skills with elk and deer. Yeah, I bet. When I grew up, my dad was a professional road hunter. So not too much <laughs> of a spot and stock. Yeah. <laughs> we drove around with the radio on looking for deer. <laughs> Hot cup of coffee. Yeah, we had we had quite a few road miles too when we were younger. Imagine, you know, my sister being twelve and I was fourteen. We were probably, you know, and we would go out before we were old enough to hunt too. And and dad would just take us out. And he actually we'd go and he he basically take us away for the weekend so my mom could have a weekend to get the house in order and do her thing. And then take us up we go for a, a hike and then we, on the way back we'd just be wound up or whatever it was being cooped up in the truck and he would kick us out and like an hour before daylight and make us walk down the road it's a good idea and, and say that we were we were scouting for him and so we would be walking down the road and he'd be following us in the truck because <laughs> so, we, were, we were driving him nuts <laughs> i was i would always just fall asleep in the truck too it's just like cold, and my dad's truck had seat warmers. Oh, that's the best <laughs> naps that I've ever had in my life. Yeah, take a little nap. I mean, his new truck now has seat warmers and seat coolers. Oh, it's too hot out. Click the button. That's nice. Oh, it's nice. So, so nice is it like on. a is it air that comes through, or is it? I don't know um, what it is. To be honest with you, I, I have no idea. I don't know if it's air. Some coils. It feels really, really nice. good. I've never got a, had of a, a <laughs> air cooler. It's a really nice track. It's a nice AC it's a nice pickup. It's a nice pickup. You see this thing? It's a nice track. So well, there was some AC in that boat when we were riding out there. Yeah, it was a little that chilly. was a little chilly. Now I, I was gonna ask. Yeah. Did you see ducks? 
We saw a few, but nothing, mm, nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. Up there over yeah. the weekend. Nothing when we, up. Uh, when Chris and I went out to that spot that we hunt often, there were a lot of ducks. There were a lot of ducks like, out there, and there's a lot of ponds. And we walked up on at least five ponds. Every pond had every had pond ducks had ducks. Yep. But the most ducks were in that that first little pond that we like to hunt. There. That's the same thing last year. Like yeah. Fifty ducks on there. Like, there was a front part that we jumped, but then around the corner it was. It was, covered. and it was, it was great to see him. I mean, yeah, it was pretty exciting. It was, yeah. And both our dogs were kind of like, oh, what are we doing here? You're not, what are you doing? You're not you shooting, shooting those things? Yeah, I know. That's funny. Penny kept on picking up cow turds. Yeah. <laughs> we, when we did the kayaking trip on the Little Spokane, you could tell Mason, we would, th- those ducks are used to seeing kayakers, so they didn't really mm-hmm. care that we were there, and she was just like... <laughs> Like wanting to go after these things, like what are you guys doing? I know <laughs> they're right <Sure>. there. Sitting <laughs> on my kayak. Have you, have you ever, like, read about or watched videos about people who take their drift boats out and duck hunt on the river? No, I've heard people taking like Kayaks. float tubes on the Columbia, mm-hmm. float tube, and you put a bunch of ghillie stuff on it, mm-hmm. and you just float down, and you just kind of stay. I'm gonna take my kayak out this year. Well, yeah, that's 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 something we were planning on. But so I've watched some videos and read some information, and I I, I think we can take it down a couple of the rivers if we um, and yep. you just float down the river just yep. like you normally would mm-hmm. with your shotguns. Yep. And these guys they bring a dog, but most of the times they just they bring their 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 uh, fishing net. Yeah, mm-hmm. they net. scoop it up. I think that would be a really fun. Different bladders and casts. Yeah, there is some. Yeah. We'll to do that. We could go out and get the plugs working. You know, mm-hmm. maybe do some steelhead fishing on the river. I think I think that would yeah. be a really fun hunt for us to do this year. Especially we've never done it. I think it would be yeah. fun. We always talk about doing the blasting cast, and every time we just get distracted, one or the other. We get blasting or casting. Yeah, hiking too much gear to just add a fishing rod. That's true. We like yeah. last year we hiked every time pretty much. We but the drift boat would be. So that'd much be, fun. That'd be yeah. ideal. And it's big enough for, you know, the dogs. A dog. I don't want to say. Or, 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 or a, dog. a dog. If we even need a dog. Gotta bring a dog. <laughs> yeah, you got him. <laughs> you gotta throw him out of the drift boat. They're not gonna. Maybe um, your dog. My yeah. dog jumps out of the boat. Mason ain't gonna jump out of that drift boat. <laughs> Some high walls. So speaking of duck season, I was gonna read through the dates but That's apparently right. i was looking at 2017 here and so i'm gonna let chris kind of i'll go through all these yeah go through okay so we have opening weekend coming up duck yeah. opener is october 13th and the 31st this saturday this saturday, saturday statewide big day and it closes for about a week and it opens november 3rd to january 27th and your limit is seven ducks and so they give you that first week or so yep. and then they, they take shut the pressure down. off yeah no and no no it's it's a full month well, or half, half month. It's a half month. Half, half month. A couple weeks. And they weeks. shut it down and they reopen it. And oh. that just kind of takes the pressure off the birds. Let yeah. them migrate through, maybe. I'm guessing. I have no idea. I don't know either, but it's kind of a bummer. It is a it's bummer. A, it's a good thing for our significant others. Yeah, well, it's a good thing they for us, it. actually, because we get to leverage that week yep. to spend time with the significant others, which opens up other hunting opportunities. Yes. And I was really excited, because right now... You guys know I'm on a traveling schedule to see my wife, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that the two weekends in between our visits is elk season. Opening elk season. Opening elk season. So I get to hunt two weekends in a row, possibly for elk season. So I'm trying to put something together for that. 
I'm yeah. still excited to do duck hunting, and yeah. I think we're going to go out the 21st Yeah. that morning mm-hmm. and, and, and hunt that. But, um, yeah, so I was... I get, I get to get my brownie points out of the way <laughs> and then get to go hunting a little bit. It's yeah. a good idea. So hmm. now that was duck and, and that goose. was statewide. And yeah. so goose. Goose is, they separate in, in the migratory units. Now you just look at your regulations to see what unit you're in. But number one is the Spokane area. Try not to tap the, the, Sorry. the microphone, picks everything up. And for the Canadian geese, you're allowed four. And it's October 13th through November 25th. And then it closes December. It closes and it reopens December eighth through January twenty seventh. But that's just I mean, that's number one. That's in in, in Victoria number one. You can hunt yeah. any day you want. But number two, which is really close to kind of area where we hunt, is there's a lot of a lot of dates. October thirteenth through the twenty eighth is open, and then it closes and it reopens November third to December second. It closes again, reopens December twenty second to January twentieth. Closes and then reopens February second to the sixteenth, but you can only hunt Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday on the opening days. Okay, so if it, if you're it's confused, confusing you're this and you're confused, make sure you check your rates before you go out. Yeah, yeah, just keep be, be self accountable for it. There's a lot of but days uh, we thought we'd cover it since the season is yeah. coming up. And um, always have your uh, know what shooting shooting light is. Yeah. Yep. So what is opening day? Yep. Is shooting light. So shooting light is in the bombing regulations and it's October 8th through the 14th is 6:40 a.m. to 6:15 p.m. and that's Eastern Washington. So that's we can that's our, our That's time. us. That's, Western Washington is it's a different time. And then next weekend is October 15th through October 21st and it's 6:50 a.m. to 6:05 p.m. So that so just to define that that that's your shooting hours. You cannot shoot hours. before or after that. No, that's your legal shooting hours. So I was looking at the big game rigs and I read that it's one half hour before and after. Is there not shooting? I'm pretty sure big I thought big rigs had There's no there's too. a sh- shooting thing, but it, that, that's what it that's what oh. it states in there. Yeah. yeah. And turkey is one half hour before yeah until sunset. And they give you that time, mm-hmm. but you can yep. shoot a half hour before. Yeah. This, so that it, I think that's giving you the sunrise time. It's, yeah. Because yeah. so. this is the thirty minutes before sunrise, technically, at least probably in the middle. I'm guessing. Yeah. It's always like when the ducks are flying is when it's non-legal shooting light. They're yeah, just it's got everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we got a couple other dates. Pheasant is open October twenty-second through January twenty-first, and you're allowed three. And then quail, the California quail. Is open October sixth to January twenty first, and your bag limit is ten. So have you guys done any? No quail. And, I was going and to a dove or? I well, I, I went dove know. hunting just kind of. Yeah, well, dove, just a little too. bit, but it, in the area that I went, very few doves. I feel like mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. in this area it got cold. Yep. And they kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. There was like, like that first weekend that was hot. And I'm like, I was like, we should be. I think I was sitting. Yeah. I think I was sitting. Yeah, yeah, was, you were. Yeah, because deer hunting opened September first, and dove opened December September first. Yeah. So the bees were terrible that weekend. I didn't have a bee problem. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't help you look for that deer. Oh, maybe there was. Never mind. I got stung twice. Stung twice? They must. Like yeah, it. on the same arm. If I'm getting stung twice, I'm getting stuck with an epipen. We should probably put that in a pack. I have it always with me. With you? Okay. Good. Where times. do you keep it? We need to know. Are you? You got so many damn gadgets on you. Are you <laughs> looking for your epipen? Well, and I'll be pulling out. It's stuck a, right next a to leather my fishing vest. I'll, <laughs> I'll be pulling out pliers, duct tape, and be like, "Where's Andrew's epipen?" So it's not. It's not that I need it like right so away. But when it? I get stung more than once, I'm having an adverse reaction. Oh really? Yeah. It's it, it and 
I've only I've I've never actually gone into anaphylactic shock, but it's better safe than sorry to have your EpiPen. Yeah. If I get stung twice, I either need to take a heavy dose of Benadryl or like I'll probably need my EpiPen. But those things are expensive. I don't want to waste it. Yeah. So <laughs> I haven't been stung in I'll a long time. <laughs> so I, I wasn't quite sure how I was gonna react. To yeah. It, you know. How did it was it? You know, the the first couple hours really nothing. It it, it itched mm-hmm. really bad, yeah, and then swell. actually the next day was when most of the swelling actually happened. Yeah. And I didn't swell a ton. I I really don't. I'm not lucky that way. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was definitely uncomfortable, <laughs> and it was right where my release was. Mm-hmm. So I the next day I sat and I put my release on, and it was just like oh, it was so uncomfortable. I mean, speaking of this, do you guys bring first aid kits into the field? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I we can kind of use this as a segue. So, I mean, I got you, I guess. I mean, I, I bring a first aid kit everywhere. I mean, so, uh, so before, before we go, yeah, okay, that, go ahead. um, well, I was corresponding with a buddy and his name's Jake and he texts me, he said, he's going, he says, I'm going on my first elk hunt this year. Super excited. He said, I want to see if you could help me uh, get ready with any gear advice or shooting practice advice. So I guess. Uh, safety gear, far as far as a pack, yeah, it's probably um, a good a good thing. I bring I bring I bring multiple things, and you, I I pack my own my own rig, my own gear. But they sell already made yep, first aid kits that you can have. I just like to have it a little more intense. I've been in cer- certain situations where I'm glad I have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it kind of up to you, but I would say at the very least, you should have Tylenol. You should have, I think you should always have a space blanket. I think some diarrhea pills. D- diarrhea pills is probably a great idea. I, I bring I bring iodine. <laughs> They're like just little tablets. I, I, I bring, they I, save you. I don't bring, I, I guess it is. I bring those, uh, I bring those little pink, uh, what Pepto-Bismos pills. Oh yeah, same, kind of thing. same thing. Yeah, I bring those. Uh, I bring athletic tape, a little bit of it. And so I, gauze, the tape's good tapes. for not only, well, uh, athletic tape, I don't know if I'd use it to put your tag on. So no. I, my, one of my oh, one of my things was here is have like electrical tape. Yeah, um, or duct because tape. that yeah, happens tapes. more often than not yeah. that you go out, you forget to bring some tape, and you get something, and you gotta try to stick this tag on there. So you're gonna tie it on. And you got you can't lose that tag. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's like the most important thing that you yep. can have on you is that tag at the time that you shoot and harvest an animal mm-hmm. and keep it on that animal. And this year you you shot mm-hmm. a doe this year you, with your bow and arrow, and there's you can't put it on the antlers, so. No, I just taped it taped around it a lot the of taped around the leg. Or you can this like, old boy when I was taking hunter safety said he would take it and he'd stuff it down in the ear and then tape the crap out of the ear. And I just <laughs> then you can't see the tape. Then not then it just yeah. Well, well you got to cut it off anyways because when you tape it on the leg, you really can't see. So you got to take it off. Yeah. So he said it it irritates the game station, but it works. I just tape it to the leg. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw do a that. Couple nice. I never seen that before. I thought it was a good idea. It's just a good place for it, mm-hmm. but you want to make sure you do it good. Cause you I don't never bring electrical thing. tape. I bring duct tape. I bring I'm like sure a, duct tape would be. I bring a little, one of those little Bic lighters. And I wrap the duct tape around the uh, around the Bic lighter. Mm-hmm. I don't know, probably probably 15 feet. Yeah, but, I just got it. Yeah, I always I always have a pretty intense, uh, a pretty intense first aid kit. Then this year I actually expanded it a little bit more for. First aid stuff for Penny. Just a little mm-hmm. bit of extra stuff yeah. I need for my dog. Yeah. I do. But this is mostly, you're using that a lot for waterfowl stuff, right? Or just yeah. whatever, anything. 
I mean, if I if I if I think about it, which I usually do, I take I have it's a, it's, it's in like a little gallon size zipper zip, ziploc bag, and mm-hmm. I put it in any bag I'm like going just, outdoors in. You just keep it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you rarely use it. I mean, yeah. but when you need to, you need to. Yeah. Right. And for for elk hunting, I would be conscious of things that make noise. So if you're gonna mm-hmm. take Tylenol. Don't put it in a rattly. No, yeah. Put it, know, put it in bag. a ziploc or, or put some. Make sure you have cotton in there. Yep. It's not going to make noise. I and same with your water bottle. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I, I I bought a pouch that um, you can buy for like twelve bucks at, at the store here, and basically what it is it's a it's like a leather pouch, and you fill it up and then you squeeze all the air out of it. So then it takes all the sloshing out of it. So you can take that thing and shake it around, and it's mm. not going to make any sloshing noises. So kind of being cautious about um things that make noise and put them in your pack you're just mm-hmm. you want to be quiet and same with your gears like if you have a jacket that's got a bunch of velcro you know make sure you got those things yeah mm-hmm. anything that's going to make noise is going to lessen your chances of sneaking up on something speaking of the uh panel, mine are in those little uh uh those little paper like pouches like the kind of ones you get out of oh, the yeah. gas station oh, yeah. those are good they just they, they like you said they just don't make any noise. Mm-hmm. Or you can put them in um, you can put them in uh, cellophane, which is also good to have if you have like I know it's crazy, but if you have like a chest wound, some cellophane always helps. Like if you have like a lung wound. Yeah, and I'd say for for this time of year or for that time of year during the hunt, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't overdress. I would have layers for sure. Oh yeah. yeah, I would. I mean, I'd have a nice thing of thermals underneath, but then you know, just have like maybe a long sleeve shirt with a button up shirt and a, a light jacket, mm-hmm. or or your heavy jacket. But if you're gonna be starting out walking, I'd put that heavy jacket in your backpack and only put it on when you're sitting there waiting. <clears throat> yeah, or, for sure. Or, or glass. And, or so you want to start out in cold. the morning when you're really cold. But even then, because yeah. we we would hunt. Um, where I would put that thing on when I was younger, and we start hiking, and three miles into your hike, you're sweating your ass off. And you guys and then, walk really fast. Well, then you then you gotta <laughs> then you gotta sit there for an hour trying to wait for these elk to move through whatever you're whatever, however you're hunting. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I totally and so then you have you. a sweaty. You got, you're not gonna take your jacket off now because you're sitting, mm-hmm. but you're sweaty, mm-hmm. cold, and so I would say that's part of. You know, the, the mm-hmm. gear is to make sure you're layered where you can strip down to the point where you're comfortable and you can hike around and then and then layer back up when you're sitting or scout glassing or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. I like to wear down or a synthetic type of down because um, it's, it's just it's just so it's so light and it's it keeps you it kind of just like, it feels to me like it keeps you at the right temperature. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a like a down jacket. that you Yeah, it's a little in. noisy. Like yeah. oh, my duck jacket's down, but you don't have to worry about the noise. I guess you're right. When I'm I'm talking about ducking, I'm not you. You guys know I'm not much of a big mm-hmm. game hunter. Maybe maybe I'm planning on deer hunting this year, but it's just not quite my thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and really, I wouldn't get too crazy with your backpack, and mm-hmm. it's like less is more sometimes. Because I mean, if you're carrying a twenty twenty five pound pack and a yeah a five to nine pound gun or whatever it just mm-hmm. it, it starts to wear on you a little bit but like my uncle that hunts he mm-hmm. goes out with hardly anything 
He's got like a, almost just a fanny pack, I think, that he goes with. He might change things up mm-hmm. now. But so how does he get the elk out? Just bit by bit? Right, goes back to his truck. Yeah, just, just, just run. Yeah, I'm sure he's not packing like a um, something with a frame with him. He'd go back and get that. Speaking of that, do you do you usually bring like game bags with you? I do. I have mm-hmm. those in my pack. And uh, they're so light that I just leave them in there. Yeah. But they're not bags. These are just like they, they you can just wrap them in it. Yeah, big cloth. Okay, things. Gotcha. Because I was curious about that. Is like how fast? I mean, I know it'd be super fast. That bugs and other mm-hmm. stuff. It depends. So, so later, keep in your the, meat clean. This elk hunting season, I don't think. Depending where you're hunting, but from my experience in hunting in Montana, by the time you're you're hunting around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, some a lot of times there's snow in there, mm-hmm. and you really don't have to worry about mm-hmm. bugs. And, and things spoiling. Yeah. You know, you want to cool it off, right? I mean, we talked about this last time. Yeah. You just take care of it, mm-hmm. cool it off, fill dress it, you know, and try to get that meat cooled down as quick as possible. But um, a lot of times, if depending when you shoot your elk, you're not even going to fill dress it. You're just going to quarter it right there. Yeah, right? quarter it. Yeah. yeah. But that's why I was wondering about the game bags. If you just like put that, that stuff, like the quarters individually into your bag, like in the game bags. Or no? Yeah, that's what you usually do, wouldn't you? Yeah. I've I, only I've only hauled out a handful of elk, and we had horses um, a few of the times. And then uh, my last one that I shot, well, my dad shot it. Um, we just we were we happened to be um, uphill, and I I told him I knew we had sleds at the truck, so I said I'll I'll pull, and we were a couple miles up there, and I said I'll keep pulling this thing. You run to the truck, grab the sleds, it'll make it so much easier. Well, I failed to realize that I was actually moving at a pretty good clip, so probably half the pace that he was, but by the time he got to the truck and back, I had went over halfway pulling this dang cow out by myself, mm-hmm. and so when he got back with the sled, it really didn't even work that well because of the terrain, so I ended up pulling this cow out by myself most of the way, Jeez. and then he, he helped me in the, the, when I got to the bottom, which That's I was downhill, yeah. I was downhill, so it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. It sounds pretty crazy. How I mean, how, those things are, they're heavy. They're pretty yeah. big. I don't know how much it weighed, but I was, yeah, I don't know. I was probably seventeen, eighteen, maybe, when I was doing that. Superman. Yeah, thought I was. <laughs> but yeah, we we had horses a couple times, and then basically quarter them out. Like the one cow I got, we quartered it and took the back straps and the neck meat and stuff and put it in the packs. And I think we just had Ziplocs then or something, or mm-hmm. some unscented garbage bags or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then we, we basically took, I took two sticks and tied the quarters to it, and it was snowy, just fresh snow, and so we just put those around our waist, kind of, and had a, a quarter off each side. Yeah. And just walked out with yeah. them. And gotcha. Well, that's pretty cool. Worked pretty good. Well, what else do you usually bring when you're... So outside of just like a like a hunting knife and, mm-hmm. and like the obvious stuff, um, with rifle hunting, I mean, you want to try to keep your scent down no matter when you're going out in the woods. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as critical. No, that's right. Um, but it, even so, especially mm-hmm. up here, like a lot of the places yeah. are so wooded that you want to still get in close. So I'd be yeah. conscious about your scent. Yep. You know, don't be cooking bacon in your camel clothes. And going out in the woods or smoking cigarettes and going out in the woods or whatever. Which maybe they don't care about the cigarette smoke, but 
Smoking your vape pen. Yeah, your vape pen. <laughs> it don't matter. Your ca- cotton candy vape pen. Yeah. And if you're new into it and it's your first time, I just would start reading about it. Like, there's, I bought books and all these mm-hmm. tips and, yeah, you know. Just, you, YouTube. You, yeah, YouTube. It's a and podcast yeah, and podcast. there's all sorts of stuff out there yep. for it. You could go and you could beat this topic to death with what different guys prefer for yep. beer. And I always like to bring cordage, like P cord, the five fifty cord. I always bring that when I'm doing stuff too. Oh yeah, I li- I like to have rope around. Yeah, we usually have some yeah. sort of rope. Yeah, some paracord. Because if you have a cow or something, you get down. It, there's not a, and you and you're in a spot where you can tr- possibly drag it out. I mean, it's nice to have something tied yeah. around its neck. And it's nice to have a little bit of rope or. I mean, for all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we kind of discussed the gear and stuff that you take. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess for like a gun. Oh, yeah. So I I just use a thirty out 6 but you want to make sure that you're you're hunting a load that's heavy enough and has enough velocity to have some knockdown power. Mm-hmm. Um, and be, be ready to shoot from multiple positions with yeah. elevated heart rate. That's yes. something that we... Yeah. I actually had that first on my list was... Um, your physical fitness for should be in shape. So Definitely. if you haven't been hiking and doing that kind of stuff, you better start doing it today. Yeah. You know, that's what I did today. <laughs> and because it's not only just hiking in the woods, once you get that animal down, that's when the work begins. Yeah. The fun is over sitting there goofing off in the woods is over. You got work to do and to get it back to the truck. It's a long way. So I'd say physical fitness and just being, and being aware of your limitations. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you're hunting with a partner, set boundaries on where you're going to shoot something. Oh, so, yeah. like, Chris this year shot his doe, and we talked about this, down in a drainage. And it was quite the haul to get it out yeah, there, it and it was hot. So we were yeah, kind of right. against the clock, so we couldn't really take our time. And we should have just quartered it up, put it in the backpacks, mm-hmm. and, and done, like, two loads, and we probably would have cut our time down. Mm-hmm. But we decided we were just going to get this thing out of there and, and drag it across it. I hadn't really been doing a ton of physical activity, and I haven't either. That was... It was probably seventy-five degrees out, mm-hmm. hot, and no, we had no, hardly any water. That was a good. I job. drank my water pretty quick, and it was like by the time I got to the top, and you know, luckily enough, I'm in decent enough shape that I can handle that. But if, mm-hmm. if you're going out and you're not in any type of shape, especially if you're older or yeah, whatever it is, know your boundaries, <laughs> yep. your limitations. Take a break. Take a break, and and don't shoot something. Five or six miles back, you got to make two. If, two... It's, if it's cold, you got yeah, really have to watch yourself for uh, hypothermia. Because if you sweat, your clothes are getting sweaty. You're gonna get cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think about that often. And I think being aware of your um, your hunting area mm-hmm. and and an agreed upon hunting area too. So like when my dad and I hunted a lot together, we would split up a lot. There'd be closed logging roads, but we knew we could get in there. And they, they kind of fork, and then there was one really good hunt where we saw a lot of animals, but you would want to you don't split up. One guy take the higher road, and another guy take the lower road. And sometimes you would meet at the far end and cross. Sometimes you wouldn't, and there would just be a game plan that you just met back at the truck. And if you didn't if you didn't run back into each other, and a lot of times you would never run back into the same guy mm-hmm. and your you know your hunting partner. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I'd say. You know, on top of bringing out the correct gear and being prepared that way is survival wise is knowing your hunting area and the agreed upon space and, and the agreed upon distance you want to haul something out, you know, 
It's like, it, I don't want you to shoot a cow down on this drainage. Five miles away. Five miles away. It, you know, trophy bull, you know, <laughs> it's a lot bigger to pack out, but it's, yeah. it might be the, the reward. Yeah. You know, you're going to have a good story regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would think about that. Don't go back any further and you're willing to pack something out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I got a few of those stories. But we can save those for another podcast. Mm-hmm. Another day. Another day. <laughs> another day. So, any any like uh, things you want to talk about real quick before we sign off this thing? Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm so excited for this weekend. I am too. I mean, I'm I'm bummed that you're not gonna be around. But yeah, you got yeah, stuff to I do. <laughs> you got stuff to do. Obligations. Obligations. But I'm thinking I can squeeze it because I have my. My bird stamp for my license for Montana now. Oh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to be going to Bozeman. Yeah, sneak something in. And I got the Onyx for Montana. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to start, and I have to, <laughs> I got to drive Bri to the airport on Sunday again, like at four in the morning. So this, this Sunday? This coming Sunday. So I'll be heading back, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I can find some yeah, public yeah, access sure. where I can jump and, and just drive through and jump mm-hmm. some waterfowl and something. do some montana hunting and montana. Then, depending on when i get back maybe do something sunday night but probably not it's gonna be mm-hmm. drive there drive to bozeman friday get there like a probably around midnight then have a wedding on saturday and then take bride to the airport at four in the morning on sunday so like it's gonna be, be rough rough we're thinking about going out friday night Spending the night and hiking stuff into our into our area that we want to set up on, mm-hmm. um, and staying out there Friday night, getting up nice and early Saturday, but like comfortable, like we're it's gonna, gonna sh- be uh, we're gonna shave we're... off like an hour oh, yeah, and a half nice. of what time we need to wake up. Just just staying out there. Yep, it's gonna be nice, and getting out there, kind of just like I don't know. Just waiting for the ducks to come in. I'm, I like, I've yep. been like dreaming about it, getting excited. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, are you going to stay out there Sunday or Saturday night or are you going to come back? Uh, I don't know. Cause I don't know yet. I have been, or Callie, Callie is going to a wedding this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't have any home obligations. Oh, nice. So I'm not quite sure what I'll be doing. I think I, I might have to go back home Saturday, but then yeah. I'll sure be able to go Sunday morning or Saturday night. Maybe I'll come back out. Yeah. Now, but if we end up limiting out early Saturday, I'm going home because I want to take a comfortable nap and going back out Sunday. Yeah, but for sure. um, yeah, I'm not just gonna stay out there because there's it looks pretty deery out there, like like mule deer, but there's we haven't there's, seen anything. There's there's no deer out there. Nothing. Nothing. We spent a lot of time out I there. I think the only here. other animals we see out there are owls, crows, cows. And we saw like a badger. Badger, wolverine, or yeah. something. I saw a rabbit last year. Oh, okay. There's one more. <laughs> <laughs> one more to the list. No <laughs> doubt. Oh, oh, wait. Uh, uh, huns. 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 We see oh, yeah. huns out there. Yep. Which is going to be open this weekend? I don't know. i got to look at that. Okay. I'm we'll, guessing. We'll have, to, we'll have, to, we'll have look. to look. That's another one we should bring up on the next podcast. That, that's a good one. Is do you have to wear orange as soon as you shoot an upland? If, if, you're, if you're clearly duck hunting... And you're going because we go we go from spot to spot once we set in the morning and we get opportunities at these upland birds. Mm-hmm. Do we technically have to have our orange on? And as soon as you shoot one of those, do you have to keep your orange on? 
Yeah. If you're in possession of an upland bird and you're out in the field, do you have to have your orange on? So I'd like to I dig see. into that one and figure out for sure. Uh, what, you think we probably just call and ask. You know, well, the game warden. Yeah, I think, but I think we should definitely have that answer for next time. Next time, let's have an answer for it, for sure. So, anyways, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Thanks for listening, and we, we've we started our Instagram, so yeah, BlindCast1, yeah. and we're up to 30 followers now within Oof. a week, so we're really, really, really growing. chugging along. We're really chugging along. along. we got the Facebook thing going, but it's not, nothing happening over there yet, so yeah. BlindCast1 if you want to see anything, and then we're working on getting these up and um, they'll be available hopefully on iTunes and some other cat podcast platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, thanks for listening. Well, I hope you enjoyed another episode of Blindcast. If you haven't already, you can follow us on Instagram at Blindcast1. Again, that's Blindcast1 on Instagram. Thanks for listening, and hope you tune in next time for another Cast from the Blind.